Welcome to the Rise Up Network. I'm your host, James Carmody. The Rise Up Network is committed to sharing those stories of servant leaders, those men and women that are out there in the community, out there in the marketplace, making a difference, making a positive impact. And we're here sharing those stories and sharing the good news. We have a great leader in studio with us in talking about spaces that we live in, we invest in. Someone in the real estate industry, specifically a designer, certified interior designer, Kristen Krebs. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you, so great to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to have this conversation. You know, we've gotten to know each other over the last six months or so, and you know, become friends, and I'm seeing the quality of the work you do, and it's just, it's tremendous. Oh, thank you. you know, so <laughs> thank you for coming on. We're gonna talk about a few different things, including spaces, what's changed in legislation to create this great opportunity here in San Diego and California. But let's back up a second. How'd you even get into, you know, interior design? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? <laughs> well, I am from Santa Barbara, California. One of my favorite towns. I it, love it, that place. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I was a kid, um, I actually, I mean, I think interior design has always been one of my passions. Mm. Um, when I was a kid, I actually, I had a felt dark blue chair. Okay. <laughs> and um, I ended up taking some wall paint that my mom had in the house. It was white because I didn't like the color of the chair anymore. Nice. <laughs> and so I decided to paint the chair with some wall paint. <laughs> right. And from Did that... Did you get permission to do this or no? Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> my mother... how old were you at this point? I think I was maybe 10, nice. 11. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it was great. So, yeah, my mom didn't love that. <laughs> but I think that was kind of the first sign that, you know, this was kind of my calling, that that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to yeah. transform spaces. So Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then where'd you go to school? <laughs> um, and then I went to school. I um, went to school in Santa Barbara. And then okay. I actually I have three associate's degrees in art. So I have a background in art. Um, and then I went to um, the Academy of Art University in San mm. Francisco. Wow. Um, yeah, I got my bachelor's in uh, interior architecture there. And then I went beyond that and I got certified. So um, that means that I took the IDEX exam, which IDEX is... IDEX exam. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds challenging. It is. Um, not a lot of interior designers go that far. It's kind of the equivalent of getting your master's degree in interior design. Okay. Um, it's a challenging test. You have to either have a certain amount of hours put in in order to take the test, um, or you have to have a certain um, amount of education, so a bachelor's degree. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so good for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so folks, we're talking to an expert here, clearly. <laughs> so you finished school. Then what? What was the beginning of your professional career? Um, I started off as a kitchen and bath designer, so I had graduated right when the recession happened. So oh, there good were, timing. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> there were no jobs. Um, and actually, at that same time, my mom ended up getting cancer. So mm. um, I ended up moving home to try to kind of help her out yeah. um, and tried to just kind of find a job that was somewhere close to my profession. Yeah. So I found a tile showroom um, that was looking for a kitchen and bath designer. So um, I applied for that and got hired. So um, that was my first step in the career path uh, that I chose so I started designing kitchens and baths for people picked out all the tile and then I branched out beyond that because people would ask me for more advice um, so I would pick out you know cabinet colors and hardware and things like that to kind of make their space um, inviting and you know yeah. the space they want to return to so wow okay yeah. and then so from there, yeah <laughs> um, I went into high-end residential I ended up getting an internship um, okay. so I'd worked 
it, within that realm for a while, worked with a lot of celebrities and things like that, um, which was really fun. It was a very interesting experience. Um, celebrities are an entirely different breed of people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I got a lot of great experience from it. Um, and then I actually ended up getting a job offer to start working in the model home industry. So oh, wow. yeah, I did a lot of spec houses and things like that. Um, so entirely different end of the spectrum. Right, you know? totally other end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, I went working from- Working with contractors, <laughs> yep, laborers. Yep. And I went from having no budget to having a very limited budget. So that was um, challenging to yes, work within. Right. Um, but it was a fun challenge, you know. I always yeah. like a challenge, so. And then yeah. what, what led you to start your own business? Um, you know, I think I, I always kind of had a, um, a difficulty with my bosses. Taking <laughs> direction or, wait, why are you even thinking like that? We should totally do it a different way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just, I speak my mind and, yeah. you know, sometimes that can get me into a little bit of trouble. So, <laughs> okay. you know, my boss doesn't appreciate it all the time. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, you know, I... I really wanted to do this, you know, I wanted to be able to help the community in a way that I wanted to help them mm -hmm. and not necessarily, you know, aligning with what my boss at the time may have wanted. Yeah. <laughs> so, when, so when did you, when was it that you started your own business? Um, that, well, I actually started my own business in 2011, but okay. um, that didn't end up going very far. So I actually yeah. ended up closing that okay. <laughs> and then reopening again in 2016. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Closed right. for a few, few years and did some contracting work, independent contracting work. So I worked a lot yeah. with contractors, actually. I did most of the uh, selections of materials and things for them. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> now, fast forward, our business is going, and we have this great opportunity that really solves a big need here in San Diego. Yes. Yeah. So I actually, um, actually, the first time I, I, you may not even know this, um, the first time I had ever heard about ADUs was actually at an event you were hosting. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and that just sparked a whole different, you know, set of thoughts that kind of triggered one another. So, um, hearing about the housing shortage, I was, you know, I know there was something I could have done or do mm -hmm. um, to help that out. So um, I tried to kind of come up with an idea of how I can help that, you know, move forward, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, especially here in San Diego, because, you know, we do have a huge housing shortage. You know, there's supposed to be another million people moving here in by the year 2050. So that's a lot of people to try to house. A lot of people <laughs> trying to house. Yeah. <laughs> not really building any number substantial number anywhere in the county yeah 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 so um especially with 2016 being the year that this all kind of started and the fees are waived or even dropped in certain counties um so there's an incentive for people to be able to do it financially um but also you know as a community this definitely is a way to be able to not only give back but to be able to actually profit from it for yourself too which is great yeah so <laughs> let's talk about that for a second so first folks just to recap you know we're talking about accessory dwelling units, you know, short for ADU, or some people call them granny flats. You know, and San Diego passed legislation at the end of 2017 to make it a lot easier to add these units, convert a garage, convert a room, add a, you know, a structure that wasn't even there. This is a huge opportunity for you homeowners out there or people that are actually in the market to buy and maybe add one on or transform a space. You know, what are you seeing are the reasons that people are doing these. Why would people do these? I mean, there's a, a wide variety of reasons why people might might want to add an ADU to their property or even look for a property with the potential to add an ADU to it. Um, you know, it could be to house family, 
Um, yep. Let's say they're aging, especially to age in place. I know that is a, a big concern, especially with baby boomers starting to retire. And, you know, the funds, they, they don't necessarily have enough funds available provided to them through the government. So they got to move in with their kids. And so these ADUs actually are able to provide that ability for their family members to move into a, a safe space that can they can afford. Um, and then there is another, you know, path that you could choose for an ADU. You could have rental income, just rent it out to somebody who needs housing, especially since there is such a housing shortage. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could even move into the unit yourself and maybe rent out your primary, um, whether that be to a long-term renter or have your family move into the long-term, you know, the main primary house is a long-term, and you move into the ADU. Um, two different ways you could go about adding an ADU. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think that, you know, the the economics of these things can make a lot of sense. You know, one of the last things you said was move out of the main house into the ADU. Mm-hmm. I actually have friends of mine that are, you know, they're, they're pre-retirees, you know, but they have the three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath house in UTC, and they've just converted the garage. Mm-hmm. And they actually just finished at the end of August, and they're moving into the ADU from the, the what is a garage conversion into an ADU, and they're now going to rent the main house out you know, for several thousand dollars. Nice. So <laughs> there's multiple value there in that they don't need the big two-story house anymore. Kids are grown and gone. They want something a little bit smaller. They got to customize it, make it their own, design it with their wants and needs in mind and put their personal touch on it. Mm-hmm. And now they also have a massive amount of income, you know, $3,000 a month in income because they're able to rent out the whole single-family home. Yeah. Almost covers your entire mortgage payment anyway. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. What else, what else should people be thinking about when, you know, I start thinking about ADU, do I want to do this? What are some things that people should be thinking through and the questions they should be asking? Well, definitely make sure you can do one. <laughs> yes. Know the rules. <laughs> yes. Not every property can, unfortunately. Maybe someday, but <laughs> as of right now, um, yeah, not every property can. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely, you know, Figure out your financing. You got to know yes. how you're going to fund it. Yep. <laughs> you can't make cash flow if you can't pay for the construction. <laughs> how do I pay for this thing? <laughs> yes. Um, and then, of course, you know, hire a good contractor. You know, yep. Work's got to be good. <laughs> um, go through the permitting process and all that. You know, make it legal. Um, yeah. There are a lot of illegal ones out there, which is fine. But, you know, do bring them up to code so that you can have someone legally live in that space. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need any horror stories. <laughs> right. Um, and then, you know, investing in having an interior designer come in is also helpful, especially if it's your own space. You can make it your own. It is a small space, so a lot of people, that's a big adjustment, you know, especially if you're trying to downsize. Um, mm. You know, your furniture, your nine-foot sofa may not fit in your ADU. You probably need a five-foot sofa or a seven-foot sofa. <laughs> yep. So, you know, those are things that you do need to consider, and it's probably not something most people consider until the end uh, right. when it's too late. <laughs> so, um, yeah, those are definitely some things to consider. Um, and so when people, you know, are working with yourself, working with an interior designer mm-hmm. and working with a professional, what, is that, what does that look like? What are some of the things that you walk people through? 
Um, I usually start, I'll, I'll walk the property with the, with the client. Um, okay. and then I, I like to start with, you know, who's going to live there, of course, because that will right. tell me. Is which it you? We're is going. it mom and dad? Is it grandma? <laughs> yes. Who is it? Yeah. Cause those are all different scenarios. Right. <laughs> is it a college kid? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Definitely a different type of floor for that one. Right. Different type of floor for that. Right. You have a window for pizza delivery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I do like to walk my clients kind of through the process of design you know we want to start with a concept you know what mm -hmm. we're trying to aim for and then we select the different materials and things based off of that so for instance if we are doing an elderly home um, mm -hmm. like let's say your family member is moving in there you know you do want to consider like a low VOC paint because elderly people often are more prone to being sick or getting sick okay. and uh, a lot of the paints that we currently use have VOCs in them um, you say VOCs for us lay people. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, volatile. Oh, I can't remember what the other two letters stand for. It's I always something words. with chemicals though that yes. are hazardous. <laughs> yes. So basically, it. it's an off gas. So okay. um, it's toxic for you. Um, and especially nowadays, with all of our windows being double pane windows, we're basically locking all those fumes into mm. our spaces. And most people don't know that. In you know, we're not well educated on that in general, you know, as the public. So working with a designer who knows what they're talking about um, is definitely very helpful, especially in those situations when you have somebody who has a health concern. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with flooring, you know, vinyl, vinyl has an off gassing. So, um, you know, the it's it's a lot of different concerns that really need to kind of be thought through when. Yeah picking out materials that I think a lot of people often forget or sure you know don't even consider sometimes so yeah, yeah I mean it, yeah, just you know thinking about it now in this conversation it's like all right my 75 year old mom or grandma is going to have a much different concern than that college kid mm -hmm. you know how mobile is it do I need hand railings in certain places like to help me get up and down yeah you know things like that yeah yeah exactly yeah, and then you know, of course, the college kid. You, you can go a lot lower with the quality of products because they Ikea, might destroy maybe. them anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and vinyl is probably the best choice in that situation because it's durable. College kids are mostly healthy. You know, they're, they're they'll be fine with the off-gassing that comes from vinyl flooring and things like that. But you know, to protect your your property and make it last longer, it's best to probably go with something that's durable, like a vinyl. Got <laughs> it. Okay. Yeah. And what about you know, as you're designing these spaces and transforming these spaces? What is, you know, kind of the thought process? What's the psychology behind it? Um, well, gosh, <laughs> that's a question I haven't been asked before. <laughs> well, you know, I guess where I'm going is like, all right, if we're looking at this from a, a rental standpoint versus am I going to live there as a family, we're going to live there. You know, what are some of the things that you have people kind of think through and, and, and walk through? Um, well, I mean, I would definitely start with the, the type of material selections that you're making. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously that's that's very important. Um, but, you know, the psychology of interior design is kind of interesting in and of itself. Um, there was actually the study done where they uh, actually I believe it was in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, they studied a prison. And wow. yeah, so <laughs> um, they actually had painted all of the prison cells fully white. OK. And um, the um smart safer right probably a little calmer right we're in prison <laughs> yeah White, white's good yeah yeah um but it actually ended up making them feel like they were um 
like in an insane asylum type of feeling, you know, something that I makes them feel that. really uncomfortable because yeah, it's just, right? it's sterile. It's yeah. not homey. It doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. Um, so while that might be practical, it's not necessarily best sure. for their psychology. Totally. So, yeah. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of things that go into the psychology of design. Um, there is the fact that, um, you know, the way you lay out your furniture, the way you mm. move within the space, that's very important. You know, you don't want to necessarily open the door and walk directly into your sofa. You know, you want to be able to flow and have it yeah. function and, you know, be a space that you want to be in and want to return to. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm picturing my home with, you know, a hundred pound dog, a two year old that's going a million miles an hour <laughs> and myself. And I, so I'm, I'm kind of like, less is more. Mm-hmm. Less is best. <laughs> Declutter. Have less in the space, less in the rooms, have more flow. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, paint color also comes into that, too. Mm-hmm. If you want a high energy room, do something warm like a red oh, or wow. yeah. <laughs> or, you know, if you're in a bedroom or a bathroom, you want to kind of be a little more relaxed. So maybe a blue or a green, something that's a little bit cooler. It gives you more of that feeling of uh, calmness. So, yeah. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the things, you know, as we're in the beginning of, you know, the opportunity for this, for these ADUs and to really impact, you know, the housing crisis that we have here in California, what are, what are some things that you'd like to share that you think people really need to know and start to take on? Uh, within building an ADU? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think just understanding the possibilities that you have. Yeah. Um, you know, there are a lot of different options. Right. You know. Be informed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and so it's just something to consider for your own property in general. I mean, there's no reason not to do it, ultimately. Um, You know, it provides housing. um, It is a source of income for you. And, you know, you are helping the housing crisis, which is, you know, a community service, essentially. Actually giving back. Yes, exactly. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, it's so important to be informed. You know, can you do this on your property? Can you not? You know, what are what are your setbacks? How, do, how does that impact things? What are the rules? Mm-hmm. And then having, you know, a team of professionals, including yourself, to actually, like, get advice from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to be able to have those resources and, and make them available to people. So. Fantastic. Yeah. How do, you know, if people want to get more information or they want to see some of your examples, how do we find you? Um, you can check out my website. Okay. It is www.kristinkrebs, <laughs> K-R-Y-S-T-I-N, Krebs, K-R-E-B-S, interiors.com. <laughs> Folks, you, so write that down if you're, <laughs> you're not driving. Write that down right now. KristenKrebsInteriors.com, KristenKrebsInteriors.com, or put that in your phone or computer. <laughs> Where else? Are you on social media? I am on social media. So I am on pretty much all the platforms. Um, I am on Facebook at Kristen Krebs Interiors. And I am on Instagram, Kristen Krebs Interiors. And Twitter, at Kristen Krebs. And LinkedIn, at Kristen Krebs. Kristen Krebs <laughs> Interiors. That's, you know, that's really where to find it. And folks, you might remember, like, Kristen with a Y. Um, I think it's it's so important to link up with someone like Kristen so you can actually see what's possible for your space and walk through what's possible, get creative, you know, so you can actually take advantage of the opportunity right now. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen, any <laughs> so. parting words for our, our listeners and network? Um, I mean, I just think you should definitely consider adding an ADU to your property if you can. <laughs> I agree 100%. <laughs> yes. But, you know, it, it is a form of giving back to the community, which is what I enjoyed the most about, you know, talking about ADUs with other people. You know, 
preventing that housing crisis. Hundred percent, folks. You want to you want to get informed about the opportunity of ADUs. See if it's you know something that's right for you. In most cases, it is. And then really, you want to align yourself with Kristen Krebs and a great team to get informed. You know, because this is a, a housing crisis that is not going to be cured anytime soon. And we're in the beginning of starting to tackle this. So this is a great opportunity for you to educate, get informed, and start to actually make a difference for yourself and your community. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you.